Welcome to the Salesforce Spotlight Series. I'm Teresa. And I'm TJ, and we co-lead Salesforce's employee loyalty programs. We're excited to have you hear firsthand from employees at each step of their employee journey and current Salesforce alumni from around the globe. You'll also hear how Salesforce has impacted these employees' lives. Now let's go. So one, I'm so excited to be sitting here with one of our old team members. TJ, how pumped are we to be sitting here with Nathaniel Hodges? Very pumped, but also very sad. I know, kind of sad, man. He was such a critical part of our team, leading M&A onboarding and just a bundle of energy, joy, and all the great things. But seeing your face now, talking to you now, just brings me so much joy and a great way to kick off the new month. So Nathaniel, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you so much for having me. And I have to say, I echo the sentiment. It is wonderful to see your faces. One Salesforce, always Salesforce, right, TJ? (laughs) Always part of the Ohana. Always, always. So before we begin, I kind of talked about how you were on our team for onboarding, but I'd love for you to explain what was your role at Salesforce? Take us through your career journey. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I, prior to Salesforce, I spent uh, so much of my time really focused on onboarding and delivering unique welcoming experiences for a variety of different companies. And then most recently before Salesforce with PwC, and I spent several years there focusing on their onboarding programs and had the opportunity at Salesforce to come and lead M&A onboarding, which I will be completely candid and say is an absolutely insane, crazy ride is unique from every deal. And I spent about a year and a little over a half really learning just so much about you know, what it takes, the processes and decisions that go into deciding who we acquire and how we acquire them, how we integrate or merge or blend their cultures together between Salesforce and the acquired company, and just really understanding what it means to build people-centered experiences, because that's really what it took to create those connections that were necessary to ensure we were successful. And you did such a fantastic job at that. I remember sitting in offsites and you would present very complex processes with integrations. And it was so, you just made it easier for people to understand. And you are like a master at slides, at charts and presenting in general. So it was, it was really awesome just to have you there as the face of Salesforce, especially when we're welcoming new um, employees into the company. So we definitely miss you. And you definitely showed while you're here all your previous experience at doing onboarding at PwC really played in really well into your success of the company. So kudos to you. And obviously you've kind of taken that to another place now. So what do you do now? So yeah, so now I work at Stripe, which is a fintech company here in the Bay Area. They actually have dual headquarters in Dublin and San Francisco. And I lead their global onboarding design and program management for the company. They're really undergoing a major inflection point as they grow and scale so rapidly. We've doubled in size in just the last year alone. And we're looking to add another four to 5,000 employees next year as well. And all of that requires a major rethinking of how we deliver a fabulous onboarding experience by ensuring that Stripes really have something that is unique and special for them, but also exposes them to the very deep breadth of technologies and tools that Stripe provides, while also starting to really think critically about how do we talk about our culture? What is Stripes culture story? And how does that play an important role in the week one experience? Very nice. Very good. Going back to your time at Salesforce now, what are you most proud of, Nathaniel? Oh, I mean, I'd love to say that it was my work, which I was very proud of, right? But and honestly, what I was most proud of in my time at Salesforce were the relationships that I built. I think that I 
will always look fondly on Salesforce's ability to foster and develop real meaningful relationships. And I started right before the pandemic. Like I, I literally had a business trip to San Francisco, then straight to Seattle to work with Tableau. And then right after that, I had an onboarding for Evergage. Uh, in Boston. And amidst all of that time, there are all these stories coming out about, you know, the pandemic is starting, the pandemic is starting. And I happened to be in Seattle right when it blew up, flew to Boston, right when the note came from executive leadership that we were to ground all travel. And so I spent a majority of my time at Salesforce living in an entirely virtual environment. And yet I have made some of the deepest, most impactful relationships in my time there in any place that I've ever worked. I love that. And I want to kind of just double click on that. You know, you talked about building relationships and you talked about how you enjoyed the people that you worked with here at Salesforce. And it's just not lip service because you were a very strong advocate and actually referred someone who you used to work with who just joined us at Salesforce last week. So obviously you think highly of this organization. You sold her on it. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Oh my gosh, Teresa, it's not just one, it's two. So what you don't know is that I also, right when I left, had referred my friend Myra Slagle, who uh, leads internal comms with Matt Arts and uh, talking about the return to the office strategy and the future of work. And so uh, right before I left, I referred her and she got the role as well. And then I was able to refer a former boss of mine at PwC, who I knew was perfect for my old team, your team, Teresa to help lead uh, our M&A strategy for talent experience. And it was an easy sell. I'll be honest. I think I'm a pretty good person at selling things, but the secret to it is that I really have to love whatever it is that I'm talking about. And when I love something, it just kind of comes out at me and I become an extreme advocate for whatever I'm passionate about. And I was absolutely passionate that Salesforce is such a great place to land. And made even more evident by leaving there. You realize just how good it is when you have a comparison and you see all of the unique, crazy, cool things that Salesforce does. So Nathaniel, you referred to people. Did you know that there's an alumni referral bonus? Were you able to take advantage of that? No, I did not know there was a alumni <laughs> referral bonus. No well, here, here is the PSA. Okay, so if you are an alumni and you refer someone to Salesforce, they get hired, we make a donation of $500 to charity of your choice. So after this call, we'll reconnect and let's get you $1,000 to a charity because that is amazing. Yes, please. That is amazing. I am. I was, I was admittedly a little gutted when I realized I was going to miss out on that referral bonus. But being able to send money to a charity of my choice is even better because that's not a program that many companies offer is that kind of donation matching that Salesforce is so famous for. Uh, so I miss out on that. And my favorite charity that I spent two years supporting through Salesforce uh, with my donations getting matched, uh, the Voices of Note, which is the Atlanta Gay Men's Chorus and the Atlanta Women's Chorus. I feel like I dried up for them because I didn't have Salesforce matching. So this is a great opportunity to make another impact. Voices uh, of Note. Tell us a little bit more about Voices of Note. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I um, have been a singing member of the Atlanta Gay Men's Chorus for over 20 years. And I know that this is not a video podcast, but you could not tell from my youthful appearance that I have spent 20 years in any organization, but it's true with Voices <laughs> of Note, uh, the Atlanta Game as Chorus. And I've just been in so many different roles with them. And most recently I joined the board as the vice chair and I've spent the last three years uh, working to help lead them through the pandemic, uh, help grow our women's chorus, who is relatively new compared to the men's chorus, and really start thinking about how we can create more community engagement. And Salesforce was so cool because I felt like 
I had free reign and opportunity to always focus on my passions. And if I had some work that was really important that I wanted to spend time at Voices of Note, all I had to do was talk to my team and say, hey, I need a minute, I need to work on something or have opportunities to have those organizations supported through the different giving networks that Salesforce supports. It was a really great synergy, I have to say, to be in that role while I was at Salesforce. So you're talking about your passions of singing outside of work, but you also were able to take your passions inside the office and sing with us too. So I remember a very incredible performance of Frozen during the Salesforce Scott Talent Show. So walk us through that. What was that like? Because how long have you been at the company? You're like, okay, I'm going to throw in submission. I'm going to try to enter this thing. Oh, it was definitely just a few months. It was one of those, uh, you know, that whole philosophy of bring your whole self to work. I was definitely bringing all of me to work in that moment, dressing up in drag and singing a song from Frozen, all in the interest of kind of like highlighting what it's been like to work during a pandemic as part of that talent show. Uh, It was really fun. And you know, that was not the only time I did it. I also... I think Disney is a theme for me because I think I used a Moana song to write a song for the talent experience, talent team offsite that we hosted as well. And then I used that Frozen video that we recorded and I actually submitted it as an example at Stripe because they're also endeavoring on their own kind of talent show review. And they said, do you have a secret talent? Show us what it is. And so I took that video from Salesforce and I submitted it. And so hopefully you might see Frozen part two revisited at Stripe. (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. So that to me is one of my fond memories of you at Salesforce. But what would you say is your fondest Salesforce memory? Oh, there are a lot of them. You know, I think it was the first opportunity to, you know, I mentioned earlier that I did a bit of travel right when I started. And the last place I landed was in Boston. And we were doing an onboarding program for one of our acquisitions. And half of the team wasn't able to come because they were supposed to fly out the next morning. And we got that notification that, you know, travel is suspended. Do work with what you've got. Uh, So it was a very skeleton crew that was leading the onboarding and we all just pitched in and made it happen. And I remember specifically with you and TJ, there was one instance where you called me up and you said, hey, uh, I've got some good news and some bad news. The bad news is we can't get anyone to cover the culture story uh, delivery for the onboarding. The good news is, is that you can totally do it. (laughs) You do it. You've been here for a few weeks. And now you're going to talk about the Salesforce culture. Yeah, like two months, maybe tops. And so then I remember I grabbed a glass of wine and I sat at the hotel bar. I opened up my laptop and I got out the slides and you all just walked me through slide by slide everything that I needed to deliver, what I needed to say, spent time making sure that I prepped and it went off without a hitch. And I have to say it was exciting. It was fun. It was not, didn't feel like work. Uh, And I could really see the impact that I um, had made in real time. And I think all of that is very representative of my time at Salesforce. I love that you brought that memory up because yes, we totally threw you out there and you crushed it. You did such an incredible job and you just happened to be in Boston. You're like, all right, I guess I'm doing this because no one else can fly. You know, it was a little, it was definitely off the cuff. I definitely had an Oprah moment where I told them all to look under their seats and then they didn't find anything there. And I said, I just wanted to see if you all would look under your seat. (laughs) (laughs) Improv. It's all about the improv. So um, what did you learn during your time here at Salesforce that you've been able to apply at your role currently at Stripe that's helping you be successful? You know, a lot of it has been about building relationships and really spending time creating those connections. 
very quickly when I started at Stripe, I realized, you know, with a company that's growing so fast and is growing so globally, you know, everyone's just still managing their resources as they can because we are growing so fast. There's just more and more work for us all to do. And it became apparent that, you know, I'm a team of one. I don't have any direct reports currently that I needed to leverage my relationships to get things done. And I did not have a lot of time to build those relationships up before I could ask for the favors that I needed. And working at Salesforce was great because it showed me how to lean with, it's like a human interest in every conversation, make sure that I spend time connecting with people at the beginning of every call, asking people what's going on in their lives, how they're doing for the day, really showing that I care, uh, which I think Salesforce has done such a great job of doing, especially in this pandemic. And that was the secret sauce, you know, in less than, I think I've been here for three months. I've already written a complete onboarding redesign proposal. We're already socializing it with leadership at Stripe. Uh, We're about to kick off our working group and our advisory group to support the process. And I don't think I could have been that quick to market, so to speak, without some fast training at Salesforce. Very well said. You know, it's so funny just sitting here on this call with you. I feel like you've never left. I feel like we're in a regular one-on-one, right? I mean, we're in this kind of time warp. Like, what is happening? I know, like, when you first joined, you pretty much joined right when the pandemic started, as you mentioned. So you and I, we've only met each other once. Yeah, one time in the San Francisco office. That was it. Yeah, one time at Jenny's house where she made hope, like, fresh-made pasta. We drank wine, had cheese, pasta. And I was like, gave big hugs and it was just so amazing. And then back to the screens, right? Change the channel. And now you're at Stripe. It's just this crazy new world we live in with all these Zoom calls. One thing I do remember when I remember I first met you, because obviously we've always just done these web calls. So I met Mitra at Jenny's house for dinner. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Nathaniel's buff. Like he <laughs> is focused on healthy eating or healthy being and being just overall well-being, right? And so I remember we used to have these conversations, like, have you been working out? And he's like, this gym is closed. The gym is, you know, we just had these gym talks all the time. Uh-huh. What are you doing to take care of yourself like these days? Because we're still moving. We're still in this pandemic world. I know that you care about fitness. Like, what have you been up to? I do care about fitness. Uh, and so we're fortunate um, that, you know, gyms are open and we're able to attend back then. I'm not a really good workout partner person uh, when I'm left to my own devices in a house. Like I don't have weights, I don't have bands, I don't have a desire to do too many push-ups. So the gym is really important for me to have that dedicated focus time. So really finding a place that supports my motivation was really important. And a gym does that for me. But I'd say even more importantly, even more important than like physical activity has really been fostering mental wellness for me. I recognize that, you know, I'm extremely extroverted as many of us on our team are, right? And I think that, extroverted people have really had a lot to deal with in this pandemic. There's been a lot of social disconnection. There's been a lot of isolation. Uh, Zoom is a hard platform to necessarily create connections on. You have to work twice as hard for half as much, I think. And it was important for me that I had someone to talk to about that. So signing up for therapy and making sure that I spent um, the last year really reframing how I approach my life, given the restrictions that we have in the pandemic, and how do I ensure that what feeds me or what supports me mentally, um, I'm prioritizing. And so I think that was my biggest challenge. And my biggest secret to surviving the pandemic was just having someone that I could talk to at any time about that. Thank you for saying that. 
because mm-hmm. as you mentioned, I'm also an extrovert and maybe I, I didn't realize that that's what it kind of hit me. But during the pandemic, I too also started going to therapy and it is awesome once a week just to be able to like lay it out and just have someone to talk to and help you make sense of this loneliness that you're kind of feeling, even though like I feel very blessed. I'm with my kids. I have two children, mm-hmm. but I just don't have that energy from my big team that we used to get in the office. So there's something that's draining about that. And so thank you for just talking about how important mental well-being is, uh, mental health is as well. Okay. So we talked about your giving back, being in the chorus. I noticed, not that I'm a creeper, but I noticed that you have a piano in the background on the screen. So do you play piano too? Oh, no, I totally wish. My husband is an excellent piano player. He plays by ear. So he can't, he can read music, but actually, if you just play a song for him on the radio, he can sit down at the piano and figure it out in short order pretty quickly. So every now and then, this actually piano should be sitting up in his office and not in mine, but you know, space is limited these days, but ideally we can have this piano upstairs and every now and then we, he plays a song and I sing it and we muddle through together and it's kind of a cute little moment. I have to say. It is a very cute moment. I actually have an image of it now. It's like these little jam sessions, like husband, husband. So cute. I love it. Okay. So last question for you. And again, it's been an absolute joy seeing you. And I feel like we're just going to set up recurring one-on-ones so I can continuously see you Nathaniel, um, and just get a vibe off your energy. What are you enjoying the most about the Salesforce Alumni Network? I think it's just staying connected to the initiatives that Salesforce is pushing and promoting. You know, I look at Salesforce in a lot of ways as still the alumni network is still an opportunity to learn and still an opportunity to learn specifically from Salesforce. And so sometimes when you leave a company, you are focused so much on your future endeavor that you miss out on all of the cool, exciting, innovative things that your previous companies are doing. So having the alumni network as a touchstone for that and as a way that I can go back and not just connect with other people that have left Salesforce, but connect with the work that Salesforce is still doing today has been really exciting. And it also helps me really maintain the relationships that I work so hard for. And I I don't want to lose those. I'm at a point where you know, we talked about extroverts really having a difficult time in the pandemic. I crave and I cherish my relationships even more than maybe I did prior to the start of the pandemic. And so the Alumni Network is another great way for me to make sure that those stay fostered. Awesome. Thanks, Nathaniel. Well, before we close, I'm just, just know that I'm going to follow up and make sure that you get your alumni referral bonus. Sending two amazing candidates to us that are now sitting in our employee success organization is just huge. So we're going to make sure you get that $1,000 donation to your charity. So thanks again for continuing to feed our candidate pipeline and being such a strong advocate for this company. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you so much, TJ. It was so good to see you. It does feel like it was just yesterday. And I hope for many more connects uh, in the future. Thanks for joining us on the Salesforce Spotlight Series. Be sure to catch our next episode. Sending positive vibes from our Salesforce family to you and yours. 